0: Hello and welcome to the 388th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Matt. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there in Minneapolis, Minnesota.
1: And this is Spencer in western Massachusetts. Happy Mother's Day Tell the... You stole my thunder, little guy. Um,
0: You're going to do it first? You're going to say happy Mother's Day first? How are you going to do that when I'm doing I'm, the intro? You should have done the intro then.
1: You know, you usually come with the facts. Tim comes with the just spicy takes. And then I come with like the the heartfelt, you know, like <laughs> um the, the really make you think moments. That's how I like to think this mm. podcast breaks mm. down a little bit. Um but uh, I guess this week maybe um maybe I'll come with the news that obviously Tim is is not here uh this this week. He's traveling uh for work and uh you know Paying the bills, I guess, is more important than podcasting, and that's fair.
0: Supposedly. That is fair. Yeah. That's very fair.
1: One day, one day we'll get enough donors at wideanglepodium.com slash donate to uh, to outweigh, to tip the scales in the favor of the old podcast. Um, but until that day, uh, every once in a while, uh, he's got schedule conflicts. Anyway, mm-hmm. I can't believe... That uh, he allowed himself to have a schedule conflict during the first week of the Giro, which we completely neglected to talk about last episode. Um, we, I know, we had all our picks, all, uh-huh. all our predictions. Tons um, of predictions. I had, for instance, I had Mark Cavendish as winning the stage three. Yeah. Um, well, I'd, so that I'd one def- actually worked yeah. out.
0: Yeah, no, that worked out. And I mean, I'm, I'm looking at my notes right now and I definitely, I don't know how I did this, but I knew Simon Yates was going to put in a good TT on the second day and win that.
1: Yeah, always does. Always and, does.
0: Well, I think I wrote down what Tim picked here. Let me see. Oh yeah. Tim's uh-huh. new Vanderpool was going to win the first stage. Wow. We nailed it.
1: Well, to be fair, it didn't say Vanderpool. It said anyone, but wow.
0: That's true. Um, but I mean, you know who so, that's going to be. Then.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. It, yeah. Um, so, I mean, those are pretty big revelations about the Giro, but I think there were a lot of other things going on that we can also talk about. So, Mm. um, maybe we'll get our, our Giro preview in, um, well, it's a
0: really, we're just Giro purists, right? And as we speak, the third stage has ended. So the first three stages are in Hungary and, Mm -hmm. and Now we're gonna be a rest day on Monday while we edit this. So when this comes out on Tuesday, they will be back. They will be in Italy. So now we can fully do a preview because now it's the real Giro starts now because they're gonna go over climb on stage four to Etna, which is my favorite thing about the Giro is that they keep putting Mount Etna on like the third or fourth stage every year, (laughs) make Mm -hmm. it spice it up and and I'm I'm really into it. I'm really into the normal normal stage race start and then just throw in one of the hardest mountains. So we get these stories like will Vanderpool be able to hold onto the Jersey is his time in the Jersey over who knows will yeah. he, what will, what will, what will, what will. It's great.
1: Yeah, no, it's great. And and you're totally right about the, uh, being Giro pur- purists. purists. Um, I, I'm a hundred percent on board with that. I only support the Giro when the stages are in Italy or Washington, DC. Um, yeah. That's that's just my stance, my line in the sand. Um, mm. And I think that's fair. But um, some of the biggest controversies we've had uh, around this Giro so far, and we're only three stages in. You wouldn't think there would be that much controversy, but um, Alpeach and Phoenix finds themselves splashed across the headlines um, in the crosshairs of uh, the Twitterati um, break this down for me what did they do to raise the ire of the entire cycling uh, fandom it seems like
0: they put out a kit that I will admit I, I kind of like it all right it's kind of nice they, they put out a special kit that's earth toned a little earth toned almost looks like something from like the the oh. the Rafa Rafa swamp collection or something. <laughs> you
1: know <laughs> swap collection Perfect. i don't want
0: to i don't want to give them the credit for the whatever the uh-huh. real collection is called cuz they didn't pay for any sponsorship on this podcast so.
1: correct me if i'm wrong okay so everyone's mad that efficient put out a special grand tour kit correct me if i'm wrong but didn't they do a special edition uh, tour kit last year that literally everyone loved and yes. couldn't get enough of
0: but that was a throwback and people love a good throwback This is just a different color, and I don't know if there's any way to relate it to any grandparents or
1: dads. Uh No sentimental value to this. No sentimental value.
0: It's just, no, the problem is it's an original idea, and cycling hates original ideas sometimes. (laughs) Though, no, I gotta say, no one's really upset with the EF kit, and the EF kit's a a variation on the crazy.
1: And that was just my next question about the Salpician kit. I I haven't seen it, so um, I assume there is a duck on there? Um, no. Somewhere? It's the Jiro. No. It's a special edition kit. It must have a duck.
0: No duck. The problem is they'll never top the duck, right? They'll never be able no. to top that in terms of wackiness. I did see someone, and I wish I could remember who on Twitter had compared the new EF kit to um, some like upholstery from a bus, Sort of a blue with like little squiggly <laughs> lines. It the sort of upholstery you yeah, see yeah. on mass transit, and it's very, sure. it's very, they're very one of the same. I love it. I like it. It looks great. I don't necessarily want to own one. I think the Alpeshian one would almost be better to own because it's sort of a it's a daily wear piece, whereas the EF a more is subtle, a special yeah. occasion. You know,
1: I when I see the EF kit, I think of like a um, kind of like a splatter paint, like uh, a, maybe. A, put the paint on like a potter's wheel and just cranked it up and let it fly across the room. Yeah. I had one of those, that kind of look. Yeah, totally. Um, very avant garde, I guess. Uh, not, not my cup of tea. I don't think, um, maybe it's because the duck set the bar too high. I don't know. They just haven't gotten close. It's kind of like the first year, uh, when EF went, uh, with the, pink mm-hmm. they just haven't high, high. captured that magic since is it something like that maybe
0: i think so i think so you know i have a slightly off-topic duck thing to note but i'm just gonna say it because it's on my life right, <laughs> right <laughs> okay. now because i'm so i've i've been in school right and i've been learning how to use this uh this 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 like design software for like cabinetry called cabinet vision surprisingly anyway it has a bunch of like preset things you can throw in so you like you draw your kitchen up and you're going to present it to the client and then you want to put in like a potted plant or like whatever some things in there so it looks like you know do a little 3d rendering one of the options there's a dog there's a cat and there's a duck why is there a duck in there why do you need a duck in your kitchen i don't know but i like it and i like putting the duck in the kitchens Sometimes Perfect. when yeah. we do the assignments, they're like put in one or two objects, you know, to like make, make it a more realistic scene. Spice it up. Duck yeah. is there. It's an option. There's no reason a duck should be on the kitchen counter, but there's no reason it shouldn't be on the kitchen counter.
1: Well, you got to be able to immerse yourself in, in the, uh, in the story that you're telling, right. Mm-hmm. About a potential kitchen. So, yeah. Um, and I only want to
0: build kitchens for people that own ducks.
1: You know what you need to do? Um, is Maybe throw, you know, how people do it's really popular. I don't know if you've heard of this, but people put like the uh, live, laugh, love on the wall, you know, yes. in like a vinyl cutout kind of sticker. Yes, maybe you should just um, in the background of these, yeah, maybe put in the um, would you rather th- fight a thousand horse sized ducks or one duck sized horse or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, fit something really like easily. this something really makes them think, you know, mm-hmm. and then put the duck there. And they'll be like,
0: Hmm. I want, I think do this I want cab- to fight be a like... horse-sized
1: one of these or a 1,000 horses that are that size? And then it gives them scale in their kitchen so they can really think about it.
0: it does And it distracts them from the fact that I designed the cabinets wrong.
1: <laughs> right, right, yeah, it's perfect. They'll, and, the, and the, yeah, the price the, is way too high. The price is yeah, too high. This and could they'll be...
0: say, sure, build it, and then I'll do it, and they'll be all wrong, and they'll be like, why is this wrong? And I'll be like, you approved this. They'd be like, I, I was like, staring at the duck the whole time. Couldn't take you my could eyes off put, the duck and the sign.
1: You could fit a hundred duck-sized horses in here. No problem with all these <laughs> cabinets. Yeah.
0: And that's and that's what people want. That's the thing right now is people want that much space for storage.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, you got a lot of ducks. Yeah. Or horses. Anyway. Oh, does this have anything uh, to do with the Giro
0: again? I took us way <laughs> off course. I love it.
1: <laughs> you sure did. Um Matthew Vanderpoel, um rising star, I guess you could say. Um, where'd this guy come from? What's his whole deal? Uh, he won a stage, got second at another stage, and got 17th in another stage, which is almost 16th. So he looks like he's on fire.
0: Yeah, rising star uh, from a country called Dutch, and he's really on his way up. I think he's, <laughs> you know we, know, we know who he is. He's going to... He's doing what we kind of expected, right? He shows up, he crushes the first few days, and then he'll probably sit up at the base of Mount Etna and wave goodbye to the G C riders.
1: Yeah. It's fun. Um have you been I know I know you said you're a Giro purist, but um it's been mostly sprint stages and time trials uh yes. to begin with. So not not necessarily your cup of tea. Um wow. Have you been enjoying the Giro? Do you think you're gonna like grow into it this year? What? For well, me, it always sneaks up too early, and I'm not ready for Grand Tour season. Um, so yes. I'm kind of easing into it. Um, mm. the Cavendish win really helped set set my mind at ease as far as like, oh, it's a Grand Tour, of course. Cavendish is winning stages. Um, so now I'm starting to feel the familiarity. Um, but how how are you dealing uh, with this Giro so far?
0: I agree. The relentlessness of every day. I kind of like this three, three days, and then we get a rest day because you're right. You kind of got to recalibrate your cycling attention span to be like, ah, this is constantly happening. You get the longer narrative. It's not you're coming mm-hmm. on a one day season. We only had a couple short one week races to really get us ready for this, much less the riders. So yeah, no. i enjo- I enjoyed the first stage. I enjoyed the time trial just in the fact that. Vanderpool had the Jersey and you knew, you know, like you get the drama of a non, non GC guy having the Jersey. That's the way every time trial in the grand tour needs to be set up. And obviously then you can't do time trials at the end of the race, which is fine by me, but I like it when you've got a guy who you don't expect to necessarily be
1: Mm -hmm.
0: stacking up against the real GC guys who are really there to do a huge time trial, but they have to, they have to pull one out because they want to keep that Jersey for another day. That makes the time trial, actually exciting.
1: Yeah. And my favorite aspect, um, is that it was short enough to keep it really interesting to keep those gaps small, you yes. know, um, the, f- the days of the 40 K time trial are, are hopefully mostly behind us, but they, maybe probably not.
0: They seem to be long gone. It is crazy to go back and watch, pull out your VHS tapes to the Joe from the nineties or the tour. From the 90s, <laughs> yeah. Like you do once a year on the trainer and they did some me, huge time trials back in the day and they would have at least two big time trials and maybe one shorter prologue or a team time trial, like hundred plus k yeah. of time trialing in a grand tour was not, not out of question. And I know other people have made hay of this, but man, time trialing has really dropped off. I mean, I don't think, yeah. I don't know if big Mick could have won a, t- a grand tour if he came <laughs> around right now, like he didn't have a hundred K to just stomp on people and put five minutes on yeah. other GC contenders. So, It's crazy. I don't know. It's fun. But like I said, Aetna is going to be super exciting on Tuesday. Really shake up the GC. It's a very Mm -hmm. open GC field. Like we obviously didn't do a preview last week because we're too pure (laughs) to do that. Yeah. But you know, Yates is looking good, had a good season, but he's kind of hit or miss in grand tours. Mm -hmm. As we've seen, Mm -hmm. like he can be super hot and then super cold. Carapaz is the most consistent guy
1: but, yep, man, I would say so. There's
0: just a lot of like unknowns, I feel like. Like Carthy could be good. Two years ago, he was right up there with the best. And then last year he was a little yeah. off the pace.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a very open race. Um, there's some up and like speaking of up and comers, I just want to mention this quick. There's a guy on the movie star team named Valverde, who I huh. hear he's pretty good at grand tours. They they think he's gonna be good in the three week stage race. They're not really sure. They've only sent him to the Giro once before. Um, and so I think they think this might be a race for him in his 40s. Yeah. yeah. You know, could question be. marks
1: could be, um, this could, uh, well, I see the oldest guy in the race. Cause Posavivo vivo is there. Posavivo is sure. younger.
0: Posavivo vivo is only 38 <laughs> <incredible>. or 39.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. No, Just I Just checking. Know. Um, this could actually be Roman Barde's best chance.
0: It could be. He's had some really good form lately. Yeah, this this is very much a good race for Bardet.
1: Yeah. I just want to put that in there just as, like, uh, in case he does do it by some miracle, I can call back to this episode and be like, oh, I, I mentioned that. Um, another one I want to mention real quickly, and I, I actually don't know how well he's been doing this year because I haven't paid any attention, but I know that in the past couple of years I've been like, I'm gonna keep my eye on this guy. He might do something, is Jai Hindley, um, from Bora Handsgrow, uh, who is up there, you know, but everybody's up there because we're only a couple stages in. Um yes. why don't I want to just make sure, keep an eye on him, see yeah. how he does. Just mention his name right now. So again, if he does anything good, I can be like, oh, I was totally on top of that. Uh mm-hmm. early, early on. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Hindley, and,
0: again, another writer who had a huge 2020. Yeah. And then last year was off the pace. Um, like Bill Bilbao has been riding well. Almeida has been riding well. Who knows if mm-hmm. Nibali and Port, they seem to be getting old, but it, yeah. I would not let either of them go up the road. They're in that weird older GC rider phase where like you let them get a far enough to maybe win a stage, but you got to be careful.
1: Yeah. yeah, no, it's true. It's very true. Um, Landa is there. I hear he's a team leader, so he he could be um dangerous. Yeah, uh,
0: he's he's. I mean, what I mean, like, we should really have a roller derby bet on which stage does Landa have to start working for Bill Bao because that's like he's already lost time. Yeah. To Bilbao, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. it's it's hey, Landa. I don't know. The, it's forever. We all can forever believe that this will be the land of year, but I don't know if it's ever going to happen.
1: No, I don't think so. Um, and so, since Tim is not here, we can go over some of his predictions as well. Uh, I I don't have any in front of me that he that he officially left, but I can guarantee he would have talked about Wilco Kelderman um, already. Why and not? he would say Bookman. he's he's resplendent in the um, Belkin kit. Even though he he is not on Belkin and has not, you know, Belkin hasn't existed for several years, but that is certainly something that would have been brought up. Uh, I think he would be all in on Valverde. Um, I think that's a given. And um, I think what he would be spot on about, though, is that he would say the revelation of the Giro so far and of maybe cycling in 2022. Is uh, Bini Bini Gourmet yes. from Intermarche Wanty, um, who has been nothing but uh, the I guess the inspiration the cycling world needs lately. Uh, it's been awesome to see him uh, performing all spring long and then through the Giro as well.
0: Yeah, and so far, Challenge Vanderpool pretty close on that first stage. That was pretty exciting.
1: <sighs> that was yeah. so good.
0: I mean, he's got. I mean, not that he, I don't say he has to win a stage cause that's silly to put too much pressure. Not that he cares, but I say, but I'm just saying he's been but, up there. He's trying for stage in the, in the stage three sprint to he, he feels, it feels like it would be kind of surprising if he doesn't win a stage in this race, nothing else. It's great to see uh, he's, he's, he's um, really up there
1: uh, regarding that sprint on stage one. Um, how do we um what was your reaction to the uh the finish line crash there um by Caleb Ewan on the wheel of gourmet, just sort of crossing his wheel up?
0: Yeah. I didn't you know the footage I saw was it's sort of like the camera flipped right about when it happened, and they never searched yeah. out an another angle on it. it. It did seem though, when I saw Gourmet and Vanderpool go past and mm-hmm. Caleb and Caleb jumped on gear wheel. Mm-hmm. Caleb already had the look of, and I've been that person. You, you think you got it. <laughs> um, Doug's Doug Swanson and Dewey come past you and you're just holding on for dear life. And you're so deep. Actually, I have an even better example to you when I was so deep in this pain cave, Spencer, you okay, were there.
1: All
0: right. Minnesota. I was probably turning a, the
1: screws on you. Yeah.
0: Well, Minnesota used to have a 4th of July court crit in Northfield every year. Oh Yeah. And it was a fun little crit course, L-shaped, fast. Had a steep little short climb in it. And one yep. year, the was it Trinidad and Tobago? Yes, the Trinidad the, the, and Tobago like national team shows up, which I know the national like,
1: track team.
0: National track team, they show up because they're in town to ride some track races. And yeah. and so this is a big deal to miss out just because. One, our races have the same 25 guys every year. Yeah. And suddenly, there's eight dudes from another country there. And we know it's a small country, but they're the best guys from this small country. So we know they're going to yeah. at least be good as us or better than us a little bit, right? And so that yeah. race was fast. And this was like probably when I was in some of my best form ever as a bike yeah. racer. I was hanging on for dear life for this whole race. So this was like a hour, 15-minute sort of race. And we got right toward the end and I was Caleb Ewan going up that hill, head down, sprinting as hard as I could to not lose the wheel. And then I looked up and I ran into somebody.
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and I, the, I, yeah, yeah Go ahead. I think I remember this. No, yeah. I think I remember. Um, I, I remember I, I started that race. I got dropped pretty quick in that race. I was not in the form of my life at the time. Um, <laughs> And I remember uh, just pulling out at some point and uh, watching from the sidelines and being like, dang, little guys, he's hanging in there. He like, he's, he's so like hard. cross-eyed and like, I could tell he's hurting, but like, just, just hanging in. And then, uh, you know, I was like, oh, he's going to do this. He's going to, he's going to do it. I am mean, I'm really impressed. And then just not seeing you the next yeah. lap and be like, oh, he must've got dropped. Mm-hmm. And then just still like the pack comes around. I'm like, Oh, he must have got dropped really hard. I wonder what happened. Where, where did he go? Just gone. You were just gone.
0: Gone because I was on the uh... ground on the hill. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, and I'm pretty sure if I remember, it was like five laps to go. I had made it. Yeah, it was close to the end, right yeah. to the end. And that was such a that was such a race of that was such a like we we started with 40 people. If we did start with 40 people, it was just like every lap the last 20 laps was like one person was gone. And after a point you're yeah. like, I'm going to finish top 10. Even if I, even if I get <laughs> dropped in the next yeah. lap, like I'm top 10, like, cause everyone's dying. But that's, that's what I saw in Caleb. And I saw that same yeah flick of the body. This is certainly sur- super pertinent because I rode through Northfield this weekend and I, and I rode past that climb Spencer and uh-huh. it looks a lot steeper now that I don't race. Really? train like i used to i gotta tell you it looks a lot <laughs> steeper than it used to look like we would hit it people don't know this obviously but like the finishing straight was slightly downhill and Yeah. it was the first it was like a block you'd hit the finish line you go about a block and you take a right turn so you were flying yeah, straight into the hill and then you yeah. hit this steep climb and uh it was steep but it was like you're already going 25 miles an hour and it was kind least, of a pinch point yeah. but man when you uh you don't have any form and you come up to that hill mm-hmm. with no speed. Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. it is a lot steeper than it used to be, and it's weird that they would add, they'd make the street sweeper st- steeper in this town. But it seems like they did because it looks a lot steeper.
1: Yeah, It seems like a lot of work to just add some gradient um, to the hill. But they must have. Huh? Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Um, <laughs> it's a diversion. Ah, that team. was always a favorite favorite race of mine. Uh, it was a very never fun did well. Race. No. Never did well, but
0: same. Never um, did well.
1: I mean, this is a podcast about, you know, pro cycling, so I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole, but your your uh, race of attrition, um, you know, strikes a nerve with me because I did the exact same thing at the state championship one year. I, I forget what year so in the hot. Cat 1-2 field, and it was like wow. 105 degrees out or something crazy, like worst. unseasonably insane, and I was lapped. I got dropped and lapped. Um, but I kept going and people were just dropping out like with heat exhaustion. Like,
0: yeah, I was like, a lot of
1: people got dropped, like everyone, like no one was finishing and I was just plugging along and I was like, I'm going to do okay. If I just keep going, Yeah, (laughs) ended up 16th place in that race. So see,
0: yeah, that was, that was a tough year and it was so muggy and so hot. And I remember dropping out and being like, I can't believe Spencer's still out there. So miserable, but yeah. It totally. Everybody was just just dying. We we're just falling yep. off the bike there. the The best mm. thing about the Northfield crit though was that they were, it was often so hot there would be a swimming pool, and I gotta imagine that was disgusting. But they put a little kiddie pool pool, like ice water. Oh yeah, nasty. And you just oh I but I had to jump in it one year because I thought I was gonna pass out. Like <laughs> you know we we're not we're not used to heat in Minnesota. We have got like three weeks of no, there's heat. And suddenly it's a hundred degrees and it's super humid and you're like, oh, this is when
1: I have to bike race. That's a. Uh, I feel like we get a need to uh, for our European fan base. Um, oh, so that was that like 30, 30, 33 degrees Celsius somewhere around there. Pretty hot.
0: Yeah, it's hot, and I don't know Minnesota humidity in the summer. That's well, hundred degrees Fahrenheit is thirty-seven Celsius.
1: Thirty-seven. Oh, it's even worse than I thought.
0: So, yeah imagine 37 Celsius and 100 percent humidity and go do yourself a bike race against the Trinidad and tobago You're National underwater team. you'll also yeah. run into somebody on the hill
1: yeah uh yeah it didn't look like um it didn't look like anything really that crash uh it just yeah like you said it looked like he was cross-eyed maybe and going deep and just put his wheel in a bad spot and took himself out you know and Yeah. glad he's all right, but uh, yeah, just one of those um, kind of an amateur mistake almost in a a professional race. It's one of those ones that stands out because you don't see it happen that often. Like usually the mistakes are, well, I was trying to shoot a gap that doesn't exist because I'm a professional. And if, you know, I'm paid to find gaps that don't exist and sometimes it goes wrong and they crash Mm. and you're like, okay, this one was just a total user error. Which was a uh, uh, you know, I guess it happens.
0: Yeah, it happens. I mean, that was not the lo- I mean, whatever it was, not the longest climb. It was a pretty long mm-hmm. climb for Caleb to be hanging on, and there was a lot of GC guys up at the front end in that sprint. So you knew it wasn't it wasn't a sprinter, a general sprinter sprint, you know. And obviously mm-hmm. Vanderpool and Germain are are two who guys are really dealing dueling it out. Are are pretty good climbers for sprinters like Magnus court was up there toward the front. Mm-hmm. Also a guy who can like climb really well. So mm-hmm. the fact that Caleb lasted and was at that point, I mean, he probably would have finished top three or four yeah. if he hadn't come down, yeah. but yeah.
1: Yeah. Carapaz side. was sixth. Malema seventh. Yeah. All those yeah. guys are up there.
0: The big um, sprinters in the peloton.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, Malema, a guy of, who
0: only wins solo.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Uh, speaking of big sprinters in the Peloton, little guy, let's check in with our sprinter in the Peloton, uh, Michael Matthews, uh, in this week's Dream Lab. So, everybody, and uh, yeah, enjoy your Star podcast. All right. Here we are in the preem lap, little guy. Uh, this week, of course, as always, we are very grateful for all the donors over at WideAnglePodium.com supporting this show, supporting all the shows on the network, uh, which continue to put out awesome content. Uh, I don't know if you've been following uh, Grodio uh, content lately. They have been churning it out. It's been awesome to see Amanda Nauman over there. It's a, tons of good comment. Con- Content coming content. out all the time, which is great, and all of it supported um, by listeners of those shows. And uh, if you want to get in on that action, head over to winelittlepodium slash donate. Become a member. You can choose which shows you want your specific donations to go to, and we'll divide it up uh, amongst whatever shows you listen to. So you get to kind of customize, uh, you know, where that all goes. So check it out. And support us if you can. And if you can't, hey, that's okay too.
0: Totally okay. But if you can do, yeah. And check, and check out the, uh, the YouTube channel, wideanglepodium.com slash YouTube. I don't know. Go to YouTube slash wideanglepodium. Yeah. Look for that.
1: Both of those work actually, technically. Yeah, they both work.
0: Uh, Great content there. The hot lap summers. Awesome. Uh,
1: Doesn't make me want to
0: race a crit again because they scare me, but they're super fun to watch. And they are I, super fun. It's crazy to watch that on bike footage is mind-boggling. It's, it's amazing.
1: i s I've said this before, but I'll say it again because uh what what Michael Bodenheimer is putting out with Hot Lab Summer is it's everything that I want bike racing footage to be. Like it's what I want this Jira footage to be. It's what I want all bike racing footage to be. It's so good uh with the on the bike stuff and the just the Ah, uh, it's behind the scenes, like everything. It's Anyway, check it out. Uh, little guy is 100% correct. Uh, Wideanglepodium.com slash YouTube. YouTube.com slash Podium. Either one will get you there. Uh, that's an easy way to support the network as well. Hit subscribe. Um, like some of the videos. Leave some comments. Help us out in the algorithm over there. That would be amazing. Um, and we would really appreciate that as well. Yeah. And uh, with that, I think we can get uh, back to the show a little bit. Let's do it. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride podcast.
0: All right, we're back. And you got a lot of emails this week, Spencer. We, we got, got
1: so many emails.
0: So many, emails. I love it. We're just so everybody who knows who emailed us. We're gonna get to all of them eventually. Some of them we are gonna save for when Tim is here. Some, some yeah. will work without Tim. Some we felt like maybe work better with Tim.
1: Some specifically work better without Tim.
0: Yeah. So we're gonna do. We're gonna read <laughs> some of them. We're gonna read like five <laughs> yeah. or six of them here. Yeah. But so if you don't hear, if you email us this week and you don't hear it right away, know that we will get to it. I don't want you to. Think we'll get that to it. We yeah. don't appreciate it, but we got a we just got a ton of great uh, fun emails this week.
1: And if you do want to send us an email, send it to the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. That is right now the best way to get in touch with us because our Instagram is still out of commission. Our
0: Instagram is still on, which I, I will get to that on the first the first okay. All right. email we got. We got an email from our old friend Derek Lewis uh, that just uh-huh. titled What Should I Do? Okay, and he said uh, he sent a picture, and he he was logging into his Instagram, and it asked them to add his birthday, and he didn't know what to Interesting. do. And Interesting. And he said, fortunately, the Category Six Racing squad turns eighteen this spring, so uh, him and Tyler ah. are officially old. But even if even if this was for the world famous Category Six Racing out of Minneapolis, Minnesota they would be safe. They are old enough to be on Instagram. Unlike us, which we are a podcast and we are not old enough yet to be on on Instagram.
1: Well, I think, yeah, no, that's great. Congratulations on starting a bike racing team that has lasted 18 years. That is a accomplishment in and of itself. Um, especially moving, moving it, spreading it out across the country. I think they're in New York city as well as Minneapolis now and who knows where else, probably some other places. Um, but uh it makes me think little guy that maybe you should have thought a little <laughs> yeah, should a little more should have yeah well, you know, not just like uh maybe I shouldn't answer something, you know, under 13 or whatever the <laughs> limit is for Instagram, but also I don't know, yeah. think about it like, oh, I am embodying the podcast. 8 years is not necessarily um I feel like we've put in more than eight years worth of work. You know what I mean? So like how old mm-hmm. are we in podcast years?
0: That's a good question. Yeah. Kind of like they're dog years. Like dog years. Yeah. They're like dog yeah. years for sure.
1: I think at least it's at least a multiple of four. Um, oh, okay. Cause you know, it's there's four 32. episodes a month, something like that. Oh okay. uh, yeah. It puts us at a nice reasonable age where we're like, just baby masters kind of category. We're like looking forward to that master's age. Um, We're not quite there yet. Uh, It seems appropriate. Hitting your stride, you know,
0: I'll, I'll know that for the next age, age um, Uh age-based corporate question.
1: (laughs) Well, when they, when they, uh, when the appeal comes through little guy, you can, you can tell him, well, in podcast years, I actually meant to say 32.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. well, yeah, good shade, Derek. Good shade.
1: I yeah. it. Yeah, I mean, he owned you in a couple different ways. Definitely. Which is multifaceted attack. I like it. It's
0: Yeah, just like his old racing about. career. That's exactly yeah. what it was like racing. It's a Category 6 racing team. Every angle, they're,
1: they're boom, 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 boom. Yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> All right, next email. Enough of this crap. Uh, Matthew Pryor writes, Roman Italy, he says,
1: Hang on, it's Matthew Pryor, is this Minneapolis's favorite, Matt?
0: That's what he says. I mean, he does sign off that way. He also signs off, and I must say, he signs off yours. Before I read the email, would read the this part.
1: Okay, says, yeah, start uh, from your the sincere,
0: end. He says, you're sincerely Minneapolis' favorite, Matt. And then it says Matthew Pryor, and then it says PhD in bold, and it's
1: underlined.
0: Nice. I don't remember if the That's last you one too. was underlined, but it's PhD, Boom. Bold, underline. He's really, he's really leaning into his superior Minneapolis madness than me.
1: Oh well, what kind of credentials do you have, little guy? Anything? I, mean, I have. we we'll
0: no have to credentials think about
1: this. Currently, yeah. I will
0: have some credentials in a week. Um, <laughs> Roman Italy is the title of the email. It says five hundred roller okay. derby points on Bar to win the Giro. You heard it here first. Oh. Now, Spencer, he did send this three days ago. So before you brought up Bardet looking, I was going to say, I think somebody. <laughs>
1: so he did beat you to it, technically. I was like, technically, you heard it earlier in this episode, despite when the email was sent.
0: It's true, but I think he has you on on those. I, he's got the date stamp. He's holding up a newspaper uh-huh, in the uh-huh. in the in the email. In the so photo? He got you. Yeah, he got
1: you. Well, that's how you get that PhD. Yeah, uh, that's you know. That's yeah, how you earn exactly. the big bucks on roller derby. Um, but that reminds me people, uh, if you haven't headed, headed over to roller derby.com, um, roller, you know, like the kind of cyclists, um, because it's fancy and European, um, roller derby.com, get yourself signed up, get some virtual internet points. They're free, uh, and you can bet them, uh, wager them on uh, all kinds of fun. Things like how well will Birday do in the Giro or who will win whatever stage or all that good stuff. Um, Check it out. It's tons of fun. Uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, I certainly do. It's yeah, tons
0: of fun. You will enjoy it. You can't not. Put
1: 500 it. on Birday.
0: Put 500 fake points on Birday. Go for it.
1: Yeah. Why not? What do you got None to knows? lose? Just 500 points, I guess.
0: Just your status as Minneapolis' favorite Matt. Oh. We'll see. If Bardet wins. <laughs> now I got to root against Bardet. That's too bad. Uh, next email is from Nicholas. He writes, new kit day. Hey, 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 guys. Hope all is good. This time I'm going to make it short and sweet. You were all head deep into Wayne options on what the perfect kit is, right? Do I need yeah. to mention the 400th episode? Anyway, <laughs> first day of the Giro and MVDP takes pink. But I could not help to think of two things. One, that gorgeous kit Elpecia had the first day of the tour.
1: In yes. Two, that's what, what we're if saying.
0: Gear, yeah, he said two. What if Gear May won and that the team decided that they would make their regular kit, but replace the fluorescent yellow with fluorescent pink? Whoa. Maybe maybe a Giro logo extra? No problem to do one more logo on that kit, right? right
1: so why right, not do right. this?
0: Why not do this for all the teams? Use their regular kit and just switch up the colors to make it pink, green, white, blue. One more example. Say someone on UAE gets the pink jersey, they could switch uh-huh. the red armpits for pink ones. Is it better? <laughs> I don't know. Will it attract media attention? Yes. Sure. Regards, yes. Nicholas. These yes are all good options. Yes. I like them. They're weird.
1: Ah uh, the pink armpits, uh that is a home run. That is a guaranteed home run. I want to see that if anyone in UAE uh ends up in the pink uh jersey. Yeah. For sure.
0: UAE seems pretty protective of the fact that their jersey is a national kit uh, for a country that, yeah, we're all super pumped. And, about. but I
1: mean, unfortunately, I I feel like um, this idea is amazing. It's incredible. I think everybody should have just a a main color that they swap out for the leader's jersey of whatever sprint leader, GC leader, whatever they're winning in a tour. That would be amazing. Unfortunately, I think the brands that invest in cycling probably don't want their corporate colors swapped out for something else, you know, which is disappointing that nobody can have fun anymore, you know? That's true. Like, I feel like this would have gone over really big in like the 80s uh, before corporate America figured out what branding was. Um,
0: Only when France knew what branding was. But it, it would this it would be good, but it would it wouldn't be enough. Because remember when uh, Roglish looked like a Ninja Turtle two years ago at the Volta? That was oh, yeah. only possible because he he he, he changed <laughs> almost the whole kit. Yeah, it was so incredible. So he could look like a Ninja Turtle.
1: Mm.
0: And so while I like the idea, Nicholas, I is it going to make more people look like Ninja Turtles? If so, yes. If no, eh, maybe we shouldn't do it.
1: What happens if you get a, a rider that's uh, a like a Vanderpol who's leading the sprint competition and the GC and the the combination jersey or something? Uh, you know, do they hand it off to the second guy, or do you do you make that guy kind of uh, intermingle all these colors into a Ninja Turtle esque
0: kit? I think you should. Oh yeah, always have to intermingle. I think that should. I I don't like the handing it off to the next guy. I really think you should have to intermingle the jerseys. It's more fun. I know that the people who have to stay up till the middle of the night sewing a jersey (laughs) custom fit to these riders are going to be like, oh my gosh, did Vanderpool just get the climbers jersey? Yeah. Yeah. And it will be weird, but I think it'll be fun. I've said it before that the jumbo Visma... Uh, Belkin, Robble Bank, mash him up jersey. Oh, yeah. Is is hilarious. And that was amazing. That would yeah. be basically what every GC race would look like with, uh, with guys like uh, Poke riding in it. So,
1: this is the thing where you need to, and I know there's a certain segment of the uh, listenership that is like, guys, shut up. That's a terrible idea. I can envision it. It looks terrible. I hate it what a bad idea. Stop talking about it. And I say, I hear you. I feel your sentiment. I understand it. But like, you need to abstract yourself away from being a cycling fan for a minute and just be like a regular person that doesn't like cycling because that's regular people. Um, we all kind of look like that already, right? Like if you're just like, if you put yourself out of the cycling mindset and you think about a Peloton of people, or you think about what people general, uh, citizens think about cyclists, we all kind of look like clowns in multicolored outfits that don't make any sense like Ninja Turtles. Um, and so, you know, we need to embrace that and just be like, you know what, whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think there's room for more fun in the sport and you know, sponsors probably won't let us have any fun. And the race directors probably won't let us have any fun, but, uh, it would be nice to have a little more fun. Just pump fun of yourself a little bit. It's okay.
0: I think, I think one untapped, uh, avenue in cycling is that okay. the, the, the mechanics and the support son, the seniors in the car and stuff yeah. should be wearing funny outfits. Because when they jump out of the car to do a wheel change, <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you would 100% yeah. notice if, if like, the Alpician guys had on little like, champ- like they were like, like uh, little weird Japanese mascots. Like everything in Japan seems oh, yeah. to have a mascot. Every town has a mascot. Every like, food has a mascot. If a bunch of little uh, shampoo bottles jumped out of the car and did a wheel change real quick for Vanderpool, the camera would cut yeah. over there every single time.
1: Yeah.
0: And that would be hilarious to watch. And all Incredible. these team like uh, somebody somebody with a little uh, uh shower faucet head hat or something jumps out of the Bora mm-hmm. car and they've mm-hmm. just got a faucet on their head. You know um Ineos jumps out and just oil just spills all over the ground and just that, like micro like a cloud of microplastics just
1: maybe everywhere. not the best. Yeah, that one okay, I, that, that, that one, one doesn't I work like. super well. No.
0: Now, um, what, drone hopper. Obviously, we said before, drone hopper could just do the wheel changes with drones.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Uh, Covidus. Covidus should really lean into the vampire thing and just like drop <laughs> blood bags uh-huh. and stuff all over. Just like fake dro- blood bags all just over. Like,
1: or just like the the classic um cape, you know, like shiny black cape yeah. with the red, you know, inside.
0: Um Little like vampires like jumping out, and then they shield themselves from the sun, and then they do the thing real quick. They do the wheel could- real
1: quick. They could throw garlic out of their cars at uh, fans on the side of the road. That could be good. Maybe they could look into a garlic sponsor. God, There's that gotta would be, be so good if they got sponsored oh,
0: by like like a mince like a little minced garlic or something.
1: Yeah, that's
0: wow. Well, see, we got we it. They need to look into write
1: that one down. Yeah, we're gonna send yeah. them an email about that. Um, yeah, that could be great. Um, something. I don't know if all your ideas have legs here, little guy, but uh, they could spice it up because basically every every team mechanic and everybody in the car has like a pretty bad technical fabric polo shirt on with yeah. all the logos all over it. And-,
0: and the logos are small. You can't see if I'm being serious. If you look at old uh, mid century photos of tour riders uh uh-huh. their, the, their support staff often had like mechanic onesies on. You know, yeah. and maybe it would say Rafa on the front and they would just, they would just have the coveralls on and they look super cool in French. Uh-huh. And, you know, you know, they're, they're, they're smoking a jeton and they're, yeah. and
1: they're,
0: and their their hair's like slicked back and they got this funny little onesie on and, and it's awesome.
1: Oh, That's a baguette good look. in the back pocket. Yeah. But you just
0: jump out in a, in a mechanics onesie and it just says, you know, you have education first on the back and it's uh-huh. that splatter paint on it. You're going to notice that you're not going to notice a polo and then on the Above no. the of, above the breast pocket, it it's stitched and it says Alpha Vinyl. You know who cares?
1: Yeah, no, I don't care. I'm not going to read it. Um, no, I like that. I think I think the mechanic onesie is a good way to go for sure. Um, there's just, I mean, we've been unplanned talking about this for a couple minutes now, and I think we've already got three or four better ideas than what is currently going on, and a couple couple that are worse. But mostly good ideas here. And um, I think it just goes to show that, uh, you know, they're just not thinking far enough outside of the box or outside of the box at all. And um, there's a lot of room for marketing growth that doesn't involve the jersey. Because a lot of people like to talk about the, like the Intermarche Wanty kit that's got so many logos on it that you can't really see what any of them are. And it, it almost doesn't matter that they're there. Yeah. And I think there's there's more value to be found in a cycling team than just throwing your logo on the jersey. You know, like, just keep the yeah. jersey simple and give these sponsors something else. Give them a little pizzazz. Give them a mechanic suit in the car or whatever. And, uh, you know.
0: Yeah. Another avenue for revenue is that all the mechanics are sponsored by, you know, X Mechanic Shop or whatever, you know.
1: Sure, yeah. Get the tools, the tools out there. I don't know what tools they're using. Sure. Aphronize that. I don't know. DeWalt, probably.
0: Maybe. Maybe the Milwaukee <laughs> Maybe. guys.
1: Yeah. All right. Is that all the emails? Or no, we, we, made- got
0: two, we got two more short short ones here.
1: Okay. Uh, yeah. Andy
0: Konecki. I bet I pronounced your last name wrong, and I'm sorry because you I probably think probably crushed said it, it
1: like hundred you know times. What? I don't think anybody has ever emailed us about pronouncing things wrong though.
0: Oh good. Good. I don't wanna be the first. Uh he writes the title of the email is just Wiggins. And then he writes, Wiggins looks like he smells like cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. You look at you look at Wiggins these days and you do just you can already smell smell the steel cigarettes.
1: <laughs> oh god. <laughs> he does. <clears throat> You can smell, you can smell it when you say that, say that sentence again. And just, just so people can, it, it's, it's visceral. It's visceral. Wiggins
0: Wiggins looks like he smells like cigarettes.
1: Wiggins looks like he smells like cigarettes. Yes.
0: It's very true. Yes. It's true. We've all, we've all, we've all seen a Wiggins. And before you even smell it, you're like, "I'm gonna smell cigarettes, aren't I?" <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's this is my favorite kind of email: short and sweet, to the point, and spot on. Spot on. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, well, uh, one more email we got. Uh, okay. Titled Jingle No More. Hey, gents, oh. I come I come to you with saddening, almost infuriating news. It sounds like Jingle Cross is not only canceled this year, but from the tone of John Miam's letter, it is not likely to return.
1: Yeah.
0: points a lot of the blame at the UCI, putting them on the C1-C2 schedule, then releasing the World Cup schedule soon after with Fayetteville on the same weekend. Rescheduling Ugh. didn't work out for the undisclosed reasons, and here we are. As someone who has been to Jingle multiple times, into multiple events at the Fayetteville course now, I can say the Jingle not only had a better atmosphere and a better course, but also run better logistically, and from what I can tell, but Money Talks and a charity event supporting a children's hospital can't do much when it put up against the Walmart money. Uh, There's a link here to the Jingle Cross recent letter. I had not seen it. It says Best Wishes Todd from Todd Grassman uh, down in Omaha. I hadn't seen that, Todd. That is a bummer because I well, I haven't been for a few years, neither of us have been to Jingle Cross for a couple of years, we did for many years. It was a yearly ritual, and it wasn't always – Even when it was teeny, it was a great event. But it became a huge great event. And yeah, it seems like just more fun than Fayetteville could ever be with that Walmart money.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think our first Jingle Cross was 2007, I'm going to say. And we went most years uh, after that, um, at least until I moved away. And I know you uh, continued to go. I went
0: through uh, 2015 was the last one I did.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, great race though, obviously a great race because it became a world cup. It's, it's been, um, I would say hands down and I've done a lot of UCI racing, um, from obviously from Jingle Cross to, to Louisville, to the course they had worlds on to, you know, the Providence, uh, UCI race out here to, uh, Gloucester to, I don't know, all of them, a lot of them, not all of them but a lot of them, um, hands down, jingle cross, my favorite suckle cross course in the U S not even a competition, not even close, um, yeah, distant second, uh, uh, probably Providence if I'm being honest, but, um, yeah, just a, a shame to lose it. Uh, shame to lose it out. Um, you know, a great race that did, yeah, supported a children's hospital because, um, John, the promoter was, a, um, Surgeon there, I believe. Um, That's what I heard. He's yeah. involved somehow. Yeah, he worked there, um, so he supported the children's hospital, which is awesome. And uh, yeah, put out put out to pasture by the Fayetteville race or the UCI or however however it breaks down. Go read the letter, uh, make your own judgment call on that, I guess. But um, yeah, just a shame. A shame to lose a race. Always a shame.
0: Yeah, and it was just a great. It was a great race that started small and built mm-hmm.
1: up. Mm-hmm.
0: which I guess we don't bemoan mo- money coming in the sport and like a big event coming mm-hmm. in straight away. But Jingle Cross was a great event that started in, I mean, Iowa City is not the epicenter of Cycle Cross in the world. No. <laughs> or anything. And I got to admit the first year Tim said, hey, let's go to Iowa City for this race. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be super big and fun. I thought, really? We're going in the <laughs> middle of Iowa to... Iowa City. I'd never been to Iowa City. No, Iowa City is a small little, but it's like a small little liberal arts college town, you know? It's it's what you expect from a small college town with a bunch of hippies and stuff. But it's still not the epicenter of the cycling world, but it went from a pretty small race to becoming huge. Yeah. And obviously becoming a World Cup even, but even before that, when it was just a one-two event, the fact that it could be such a big race so far out of the way, in the United States, you know, even when it was just a C1 and it was right after Thanksgiving, like it been for years, um, mm-hmm. it brought, you know, when, when us racing was like at its peak, it was, it was yeah. big and it was impressive and it was cold and miserable and hard. And it broke my spirit every year. And then How I would always want to go be. back. Yeah. Yeah. Always want to go back. So that's too bad.
1: Well, and maybe the most famous thing I think to happen at the fairgrounds there, uh, Johnson County fairgrounds in Iowa City, Iowa, um, is the fact that, uh, Chris Horner stopped mid race while winning to sign Tim's skin suit, uh, and then continue <laughs> on in the race and yep. continue to win. Um, well, yeah.
0: Was that the over, first year we went probably? It was the second, it had to
1: be the second or third year. Cause, Tim was already in Chicago, I think, at the time. But uh, Oh, okay. Um Man, was a long time ago. He did, uh, he did win over um, the aforementioned Doug Swanson, who could turn your eyeballs inside out in a crit, and over Bjorn Sealander, who went on to be a U23 national champion and is still out there uh, doing the gravel stuff. So a lot of history coming out of that race. Very sad to see it go. Thanks, John, I guess, for putting in the hard work uh, for all these years and uh, uh, you created something awesome and we're going to miss it.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's a bummer. Thanks, Todd, for bringing us down. It's not your fault really. <laughs> I mean, you're just, this is Todd's us fault info. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's also a bummer cause I, cause uh, me and Todd have talked about hanging out and writing a few times when he said he was going to come up through town. And then I was like, I might come down through, through Omaha. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's never, it's never worked out. And then we said, "Well, at some point, we will both up end up in Jingle, well, I guess now we yeah. both won't no. end up in Jingle." So, uh at some there's point, some Todd,
1: huge it's, logistical error that both of you make,
0: that would be really funny if we if we ended up actually riding at Jingle Cross. <laughs> well, here we are. That's weird. Oh, yeah. uh, well, anyway, Todd, at some point, it seems like we'll run into each other and we'll go for a bike ride.
1: Uh, well, on that uh, on that depressing note, uh, little guy, I think we have wrapped up our time here um, on the on, on the slow ride podcast. Um, we did it. We did it without our our, our fearless leader uh, in Tim, um, who again is is just away on business. He'll be back next week. Uh, so we will uh, get the band back together then. We'll look forward to that. Um, but yeah, always, uh, feel free to email us with your questions, concerns, race cancellation, press releases, anything else, uh, at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at the slow ride pod. You can probably, um, follow us on Instagram at the slow ride pod as well, but don't look for any posts coming from that until little yeah. guy sorts out our age issues. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, I guess we should thank BK1 of Rhyme Sayers Entertainment for the intro and outro music that we use on this show. Uh, go pick up the album Radio to Cannibal if you want to listen to that in its fullest. Uh, is that all the things we usually do?
0: It's all the things we usually do. I think that's it. Uh, we'll be back next week where we will talk more Jiro and probably have a tro bro. Uh run uh-huh. up after that yes. happens next week. So that's what I know. I'm Matt Minneapolis
1: and this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. And I am reminding you to always wave at all of your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road.
0: The Slow Ride Podcast. bikes, advice and rumors straight from the source. The Slowridepodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride
1: Dear cycling friends,